What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another exciting episode of Bitcoin and Markets. My name is Ansel Lindner. What I do here is a daily live stream, and I put it out in podcast form. If you want to take part in the live streams, you can follow me on Twitter at Ansel Lindner, or better yet, go to the telegram t.me forward slash Bitcoin and Markets. Also, check out the website bitcoinandmarkets.com. Sign up for the free tier, get notified of all my content, get a free weekly newsletter. And there you can also become a full member and support me for $5 a month and support this unique perspective in Bitcoin. So I want to thank everyone that supports over there on BitcoinAndMarkets.com. If you're new, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Subscribe, like, share, check out BitcoinAndMarkets.com. Okay, let's get into today's show. So we're back here. Today is Wednesday, January 18th, 2023. An interesting piece of news hit this morning about this uh, BOJ, Department of Justice in the U.S., their quote-unquote international crypto enforcement action, and that kind of affected the price there for a few minutes. Uh, The price has recovered. We're going to talk about the price. We're going to talk about what exactly they announced, Um, because, you know, everybody is expecting out there that there's going to be this huge coming after Bitcoin, that all of these players are really going to pull their swords out and come uh, start coming after Bitcoin and the Bitcoin industry. And for a very long time, I thought that that might not even happen. Um, You know, every once in a while we get a scare where the White House says, hey, we want to make this long-term study. We want to crack down on this. And people get scared for a little while, then it comes around nine months later and nothing ever happens. Um, So are they ever going to start cracking down on Bitcoin? Well, we can watch what this uh, BOJ, head of the BOJ, I I forget her name already, um, what she said this morning. We're going to watch that clip. I did put it into the Telegram. So I found two different clips. The first one, the sound cuts out halfway through. I don't know what CNBC had something problem with their mic or something. And So anyway, the second one in the comments to that first post, that is the better one from Yahoo Finance. So that's the one I'm going to be using here in a few minutes. Uh, The total thing is about, I think, four minutes long. So uh, we'll listen to that and try to cut through, uh, you know, stop it and comment on it. Um, It's not going to be as bad as yesterday. Yesterday, I was watching that video of the Tucker Carlson right from the Fox News website, and it constantly had ads and it was switched over to a different clip or segment and I had a problem with that but this is straight up on YouTube so it should be okay might run into a commercial or something but um, that's about it so we're going to cover price and this enforcement action and that's what's on deck for today I'm going to try something new and, and right now I'm going to do a five second break because on the podcast I'm going to insert an ad right here Okay, let's jump into the chart. And here we have the daily chart. I will post this into Telegram. You guys can see this wonderful magic going on here. So this is, uh, you know, we did make new highs. Okay, we made new highs from the immediately the pre-FTX high. We've now made new highs. So I think that's an important um, an important thing. It was not a new daily high close though. It was just a new daily intraday, you know, intraday high, but you can see then that we had a few hours where the price was falling 
So if I go to the hourly chart, so the hourly chart, you can see we dropped all the way from about 21,600 down to 20,400. So what is that? $1,200 drop um, when it was announced that they had some big enforce international enforcement action coming up. Um, and then since that was kind of a nothing burger, uh, price has recovered a little bit, almost breaking back above 21,000 right now. So we'll watch that throughout the rest of the day. What else do we have? Let's take a look at stocks. Stocks are down. This is the hourly chart. Okay, and as you can see, the last couple hours, just like the Bitcoin chart, stocks or the S&P 500 broke up to, you know, some new intermediate highs or swing high or whatever. And then over the last couple hours, it has come down. It has not recovered nearly as much as the Bitcoin price. So which is leading here, Bitcoin or stocks? Uh, Bitcoin has over the last, I would say, six months to a year, really been the signal much more than stocks have been the signal. So um, I would think this is going to turn around. What, one thing that makes me think of is on Telegram, I posted this morning from Andreas Steno, one of my favorite follows on Twitter. He's burst onto the macro scene here in the last year with Macro Alf, and he is doing great work. Um, anyway, he said, it always amazes me how price leads narrative. Suddenly, everyone back talking about soft landings. Yeah, I agree. There's a lot of wish-washy stuff in macro. People will make an outrageous claim one day. Then they'll totally turn around and do a 180 the next day. And the whole time, you know, the the people, they're, they're preaching to their choir of their followers. So I don't know in this, this space, you know, at trying to become a macro analyst, at least a successful content, macro content producer. Should you just play to your audience or should you actually try to be correct, right? Maybe I've been going about this all wrong the whole time. And I should just play to the audience and reinforce the audience's biases and confusion. You know, make it seem a lot more complicated than it is. Uh, or I could just try to be correct. And really, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But uh, this is what I see out there all the time. And Andreas Steno, he really puts his finger on it here that people just are wishy-washy. And now all of a sudden, people are talking about soft landing. What happened to the Greatest Recession? you know, worse than the great financial crisis. I, I heard some of those type of things just a few weeks ago. And now, and the whole time I was talking about soft landing, either a very mild recession or no recession. And now people are starting to talk about a soft landing. I mean, maybe in a couple months, they'll be talking about a hard landing again. I don't know, but yeah, that's, I just thought that was very interesting and I wanted to bring it up. So what other charts can we look at here? Oh, as you can see, the stock market is selling off a little bit more right now. Let's go back to the Bitcoin price. Uh, it's not doing so hot. But again, you know, I said that there, there's a very high likelihood of a, of a correction here. Uh, we are overbought on the daily RSI. Let me bring that up. So you can see the daily RSI is still above 80. That is extremely elevated for a RSI. And whether, you know, I, I was talking about this yesterday that you can either correct in price or in time. And I do expect it to be a relatively quick type of co uh, correction. So that means kind of price. 
I mean, it's possible that we stay around these levels for another two months, but that would just look really weird on the chart. I think we're going to correct with uh, price here and then bounce back up. So I was asked on the Telegram if I expected to test the 200-day moving average still, or is that kind of out of the you know, realm of possibility? And I said, no, I, I still do expect us to test the 200-day moving average by the end of the month. And so let's just put that on the chart here. Uh, there we go. So yeah, that 200-day moving average is down there at 19,500 right now, 19,500, which would be a very, very healthy correction. If we came down there, that would bring the RSI down, you know, get us back into the middle territory on oversold versus overbought and give us room to go higher. So uh, yeah, that is totally in the cards and most likely by the end of the month. Okay, so that's the price of Bitcoin. Let's get into this clip from, it's the Deputy Attorney General, Monaco, announces international crypto enforcement action. And again, I do have this uh, linked over there on Telegram, so sorry you guys can't listen to the audio here, but um, you can watch that. It's about a four-minute clip, like I said. But anyway, um, let's get into this. Let's make sure I'm all set up on the live streaming. All right, let's play. The Department of Justice has dealt a significant blow to the crypto crime ecosystem. We got them. We got them. Justice Department agents and prosecutors working in partnership with the Trade Department and French law enforcement have disrupted Bitslato, a China-based cryptocurrency exchange notorious for laundering criminal proceeds from the dark net. And last night... Agents of the FBI arrested Bitslato's founder, Anatoly Legadimov. I am joined today by the Assistant Attorney General for the Criminal Division, Kenneth Polite, the United States Attorney for the Eastern District of New York, Brian Peace, FBI Associate Deputy Director, Brian Turner, and the Deputy Secretary of the Treasury, Wally Adyemo. Today's law enforcement actions put all of those who seek to exploit the cryptocurrency ecosystem on notice that the Department of Justice will use every tool working along with our partners, every tool that we have to attack the criminal use of the dark net. Okay, one thing I think is interesting here is, you know, she's not saying that we're going to ban Bitcoin. We're not, we're not trying to ban Bitcoin. We're not trying to ban crypto. Um, we are going to go after illicit use cases of this stuff. And I've said this so many times on the show that there have been studies that it's something like less than 1% of Bitcoin volume is from illicit transactions. You know, Bitcoin has grown out of that stage. Uh, I brought up on Andreas Antonopoulos yesterday. I'll bring him up again today. Um, he said that a lot of these new technologies are first used by criminals because the margins are very high right? Uh, there's a huge risk, but huge reward to these things. And so they're used by criminals first. Their activities have a huge risk and a huge reward. So they try to find every little advantage that they can. And that's why they tend to adopt new technology first. They're the innovators, basically. Uh, and, but, and Bitcoin was that way too, at the very beginning. Um, Darknet was a huge percentage of the use of Bitcoin. But it has grown past that. I mean, like I said, it's less than 1% now of Bitcoin. It doesn't really phase anybody. 
But uh, Jed, just to bring it back to this, is there's uh, she's saying that they're not attacking Bitcoin; they're attacking illicit use cases. So um, interesting. Let's continue watching here. And we are taking steps to address the crisis of confidence in the cryptocurrency markets, where criminals and fraudsters seek to operate beyond the reach of law enforcement. Malicious mm. actors working from what they think are safe havens are exploiting crypto markets and flouting the laws and the regulations that guard the integrity of our financial system and along with it, the earnings and investments of law-abiding Americans. It's no secret that cyber criminals rely on these bad actors to launder their criminal proceeds from cryptocurrency into fiat currency. One thing I thought of when I was watching this the first time was, um, you know, we just talked about the FAA could have been a ransomware attack. She mentions ransomware here in this little speech. Uh, also, this is a big enforcement action that they're announcing at, you know, after the FAA ransomware, supposed ransomware attack. So it's interesting how a lot of these things are following each other. Boom, 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 boom. But once again, she's not saying that they're banning Bitcoin or that anything's wrong with Bitcoin or anything. She's talking about illicit uses of Bitcoin. And yes, okay, I would rather them not enforce against these type of illicit uses. But that that's not what I do here on the show. Okay, I, what I do here on the show is I talk about the macro realities that are going on. Um, and I do agree that less regulation is better. You know, less enforcement is better. More personal responsibility, you know, personal security, that type of stuff is better for a functioning system and for efficiency and all of that stuff. But that's not the world that we live in right now. And so that's, this is where my comments come from. Uh, so anyway, let's continue with this. But today, thanks to a coordinated international effort, Justice Department prosecutors and agents have disrupted a busy corner of this criminal ecosystem. Last night in Miami, FBI agents arrested Legodimov, a Russian national and the founder and majority owner of Bitslato, a Hong Kong registered cryptocurrency exchange. The charges allege that he operated Bitslato as a high-tech financial hub, as he put it, that catered to, quote, known crooks. Bitslato failed to implement safeguards required by U.S. law, safeguards that enable law enforcement to detect and to investigate financial crimes. Instead... That's an interesting line. So uh, apparently these exchanges had to put back doors in for the U.S. government. Um, we knew that was the case, pretty much. And we knew that they had to put back doors in for like the NSA and the CIA and that kind of thing, but uh, maybe not for FinCEN or the DOJ, but it looks like that's what they, how they're going about doing this. Um, very, very interesting. Again, doesn't affect Bitcoin. It just affects Bitcoin exchanges. And the way I kind of view this is um, worst case scenario for Bitcoin is we just have today's system of regulation with Bitcoin instead of, you know, an unbacked credit-based dollar. Yeah, that's the worst case scenario. Best case scenario is using Bitcoin whittles away at these, the success of the regulation. Because all you need to do for a lot of these things is increase the cost of enforcement. 
I remember way back, probably, you know, in my 20s when I'm starting to get, uh, starting to use the internet more and you know, use email and stuff. And I remember somebody saying, you know, just uh, all you got to do is uh, make your, uh, hacking your account more expensive than hacking another guy's account. And that is almost like, you know, when a bear attacks you, you just want to be faster than the dude next to you. So he, <laughs> so um, that that's what it is. But with Bitcoin, you know, it makes enforcement just more expensive. So they won't come, they, they cannot enforce it. You know, like the IRS, they, um, well, the SEC does this too. The SEC depends on professionals like CPAs and the people that prepare your taxes and TurboTax and, and all these things. Uh, they, they depend on those prof the professional class to enforce for them because they don't have the time or the budget to go after everybody. Just look at altcoins, you know? They can't even go after 10 altcoins in the same year. How are they going to go after millions of people and their taxes? No, they, they use the system that they have built up to enforce for them. And uh, this is going to be, th that's what I think of when I think of the um, crypto exchanges. But if you use Bitcoin just in general, it might up that cost of enforcement enough to continue to slowly break down that enforcement. I, I hope that makes sense. I hope I'm making sense. But yeah, that's some thoughts on this. Let's keep going. Bitslato facilitated the transmission of hundreds of millions of dollars in illicit funds, fueling darknet marketplaces, and laundering the proceeds of ransomware attacks. Hundreds of millions of dollars, guys. Hundreds of millions of dollars. Well, how much has UBS laundered? How about JP Morgan? You know, Deutsche Bank. How much have these guys laundered? And when, where's the press conference of that we got their CEO of Deutsche Bank? We got the CEO of UBS, guys. We got him. And this is uh, out going out there that none of these big banks can fund terrorist organizations. You know, no, of course they're not going to do that. This is That's ridiculous. But I just want to point out the double standard. Anyways, okay, let's uh, keep going. For example, as alleged, Bitslato was a crucial financial resource for the notorious Hydra Darknet market, the disruption of which I announced from this podium last April, at that time with our German partners. Now, Hydra was the world's longest running and largest darknet marketplace, responsible for 80% of the world's darknet transactions. Together, Hydra and Bitslato formed a high-tech axis of crypto crime. Hydra Ooh. buyers funded illicit purchases, of illegal drugs, stolen financial information, and hacking tools from crypto accounts hosted at Bitslato. And sellers of these illegal goods and services at Hydra sent criminal proceeds to accounts at Bitslato, all to the tune of over $700 million in direct and indirect transfers between 2018 and 2022. I mean, they try to make it sound like this a big deal, but it's, it's not. Um, I heard it's hard to measure these statistics, but I've I've heard stats that a third of all transactions are gray market. You know, at least they are illicit in some jurisdictions versus other jurisdictions, right? So uh, that's a lot. A hundred million dollars is nothing. It's absolutely nothing. What this is going to do is these people that 
you know, if they've shut down this bits lotto and there's a couple hundred million dollars worth of Bitcoin on there or Monero or whatever, it's going to cause them simply to go out and rebuy it again, you know, go out and just restock because these people, like I said, they're in a high risk, high reward industry. And so they, they're probably pretty rich and they have the ability to go out and replenish and look for the next thing or even start the next thing, the next bit bits lotto, wherever it is. So no, this overall, this doesn't, this cannot stop illicit activity. All this does is it puts another hurdle in the way of illicit activity, which will increase the price of Bitcoin because they want more Bitcoin. They want to replenish their Bitcoin. They need Bitcoin to do X, Y, Z. So if this is the case that this was a big deal, then all it will do is increase the price of Bitcoin. Also, I wanted to mention too, that this, they arrested him in Miami. <laughs> like, Don't come to the United States, people. Most of the time, I would say 95% of these enforcement actions are when they come to the United States. So don't come to the United States, people. All right, um, let's go. Now, I've said before that we would go after the entire ecosystem that allows cyber criminals and illicit actors to flourish. Today's action against Bitslato, as with the disruption of Hydra, reflects another critical step in executing on that strategy. At the time of Legodimov's arrest and continuing into the early hours this morning, the department's international and domestic partners engaged in a coordinated campaign of disruption. That campaign includes law enforcement actions in multiple European countries, the seizure of Bitlato's servers, and enforcement actions by the Treasury Department here in the United States. These actions show not only the broad scope of the defendant's alleged crimes, but also the international net dropped by law enforcement to stop him and his business partners. With these actions... It sounds so big. Oh, the international dragnet that was dropped on these criminals. I'd never heard of Bitslato, all right? It's, it wasn't that big of a deal. And it took them, like they're playing this off as a huge thing. Um, maybe it's obviously for the PR. It's to send the message that they're out there enforcing this stuff. Okay, great. But really their actions are not as big as they say. This is one of the themes of my analysis on most things is it's all about the narrative. So th they're building up this narrative of how great and wonderful their dragnet is and how their coordination is amongst all of these international players. But really, it's a, it's a small-scale thing. The private sector does this 10 times bigger than these guys do every single day. It's just a bunch of overpaid bureaucrats that are trying to enforce these things. And people aren't going to like it. Well, let's not get into far into that. Let's uh, play. Today marks the end of the Hydra Bitslato crypto crime axis. We've also busted the business model of the cyber criminals that Bitslato supported. And coordinated operations like these against Bitslato, using all tools and designed for maximum impact, are the linchpins of international success against cybercrime. Our actions also mark the most significant enforcement effort against a cryptocurrency exchange by the National Cryptocurrency Enforcement Team, launched last year following a comprehensive cyber review led by my office. 
to all of those exploiting the cryptocurrency ecosystem to enable crypto crime, we have a clear message. We will not only target hackers, fraudsters, and criminals that mask their profits in cryptocurrency, we are also unleashing the full force of the Department of Justice on the illicit actors and entities that support cyber criminals, like Legodimov and Bitslata. Operating offshore or moving your servers out of the continental US will not shield you. And whether you break our laws from China or Europe or abuse our financial system from a tropical island, you can expect to answer for your crimes inside a United States courtroom. I want to thank the agents, analysts, and prosecutors who worked diligently to investigate this case. And finally, a tremendous thanks to our foreign partners and the Treasury Department for their collaboration in this and other cryptocurrency and cybercrime cases. That's, that was it. She talked about enforcing these rules, being people that are exploiting the industry, that are ex exploiting investors, that are exploiting all these other things, and not, again, not going after Bitcoin, not even going after individual other altcoins. They're going after the um, criminals. And whether they're, you think they're a criminal or not, that's beyond the scope of this. Um, so, a nothing burger. Yeah, the, the more we wait around to see what the government's going to do, the more they're going to stretch it out and not really do anything. Um, another side of this that you could, another interpretation is you could say like some of these actions that we've seen, they're trying to enforce this without stepping too hard on Bitcoin because maybe they know eventually they will have to use Bitcoin. What well, one of the things that secret government agencies like to do is move money around without people knowing Bitcoin's good for that. So they will want to use it just like everybody else. Anyways, that's all I have for today. I appreciate all the likes and shares out there for all of the podcast stuff, the YouTube channel, all of my content every day. Appreciate all you guys. Uh, make sure you check out the YouTube channel, BTC Market Update. Follow me on Twitter at Ansel Lindner and join the telegram, t.me forward slash Bitcoin and Markets. All right, guys. Have a good day. Bye.